Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. New episodes every Thursday, so make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications. I believe you can also subscribe on Apple Music, maybe Spotify, I'm not sure, but here we are. Today is actually the 4th of July that I'm recording this, and we are do not celebrate this country, but we will be having some fun in the sun. <laughs> I'm really the queen of time management, y'all. Like, let me just tell you, I've always been this way, and y'all have asked me throughout my whole time on social media, really, because <laughs> I would always, like, I've just always talked about this, so I've just always, like, I'm just really, like, I'm just known as having good time management. So a lot of y'all ask me for tips, <laughs> and what I do is, like, I just visualize each thing I have to do before I have to leave and I like imagine it like um almost like a calendar app in my brain so like today I have to be somewhere at noon and I knew I wanted to go to the gym I had to go to the grocery store and I wanted to record this podcast so I was like okay I'll wake up at five I'll drink my coffee go to the gym, like eat something, go to the gym right away, from the gym, go to the store, come back, shower, get ready. And then I'll be getting ready for my podcast and to like leave later and then record. And y'all, it is 1044. Actually, I think I have to be there between 12 and one. So, and it's only gonna take me like 10 minutes to get there. So period, if I have to wake up for a flight, let's say I have to leave by seven, I'm probably gonna wake up at five so I can shower and i think what's really important (laughs) is scheduling in like bullshit time like for me it's like okay if i have to leave at seven i need to be ready by 6 30 so i have 6 30 in my brain as like the time i need to leave or the time i need to be ready by so that like i just have a little bit of leeway and just so i can relax like i don't like to feel rushed and that's one of the benefits of like waking up early is you just have more time to bullshit. Or if you do have to get a lot of stuff done, you can get all of that stuff done. Um, so that's what works for me. Everyone's different. Um, but it just really has always, always helped and worked for me. And I just like, I'm just the queen of time management. Like every time I'm just so on time to everything. And it's like, I did it again. <laughs> I did it again, folks. Okay. That's like one of my ultimate strengths. <laughs> so you can do it. It's easy you just have to think of it like that I mean it may not be easy for everyone but if you just like think about it that way like I just hate so much people who are like always late because it's like you knew what time you had to be here so it's like why are you late like I hate it and I hate when people like make it a character trait like they think it's like quirky and fun because it's not it's like super rude and annoying and like Ugh. yeah even right now it's like i knew i wanted to do my podcast i did not want to feel rushed doing my podcast so it's like i did literally everything i had to do i had to cut up some fruit i had to pack my bag i planned my outfit i already have my makeup done <laughs> you know i have my sunscreen packed like i just have to take the stuff out of the fridge put it in the bag and grab my stuff and go so it's really not that i'm going to be rushed but it's just like 
now I just have that peace of mind. So I guess I say that I share this not to like flex on y'all, but, <laughs> but it's just like, it is possible to become better at time management because nobody, I don't think people really like to feel late. Nobody wants to feel rushed and like, it will have no time to just like, enjoy myself or it's just like not a good feeling to just rush from thing to thing and never feel like you can fully like I don't know like I just like being able to relax and be like okay like do I have everything do I need to touch up my makeup do I want to wear a different shoe you know like you never know so it's like a skill that you can get better at especially when you know certain hacks and I think especially when you just know what works for you because everyone's different scheduling stuff into your calendar and getting like notifications might be helpful. Writing a to-do list, writing a to-do list the night before, getting a lot of stuff done the night before if you are someone who's more productive at night. You know, just something I'm experiencing right now, so I wanted to share. But yeah, like I've never missed a flight due to being late. The only time I've missed a flight is, it's literally one time, <laughs> I think I've shared this story before, but it was one of the times Sony and I were flying down to LA back in 2016, and I don't even know why y'all, okay, this is the thing though. So I, we had the same flight time and we both had booked through, I think like Alaska, but mine, and I don't know why I didn't notice this. Like this is so like unlike me to not notice, but I guess shit happens. Mine was like Amer American Airlines through Alaska or Alaska Airlines through American or something. So basically I was flying American, but because we had the same flight time and I don't know, I just like, assumed we had the same flight i'm like waiting at the gate with sonia but apparently my flight leaves like two seconds before or like i don't know but i just remember like our gate or what her gate was right by the bathroom so they had announced that they're going to start boarding so i'm like okay i'm just going to pee really fast because it's right here and come back and then as i'm in the bathroom i hear my name being called on the intercom and i'm like bro like they just started boarding like what um so I go and I'm like, were you guys calling me? And they're like, no. <laughs> but then they, I hear the voice again and they're saying the gate and it's a different gate. So I go and they're like, oh, you missed your flight. <laughs> so I don't know why that happened. Like dumb, like really dumb. That would never happen now, but <laughs> that was the only time. And I did not miss the flight because I was late. Okay, I missed it because I was a dumb bitch and didn't look at my ticket, which, but you know, whatever. Um, I was so pissed though. Like I <laughs> They were like, oh, well, we could get you on a flight. Like, I would have... The flight from Seattle... It was at SeaTac. The flight from Seattle to LA is like two hours. They were like, oh, well, we could put you on a flight to Texas and then from Texas to LA. Making it like a eight-hour-plus experience, not including like a layover. So I literally like went home. Like, I took the bus back home, like a two-hour bus. <laughs> and I think I just ended up like booking a different flight. Like, I don't... <laughs> It was dumb. Like, there were so many other ways I could have handled that. But whatever. That's just being young and, like, inexperienced in life and traveling. But anyway, so the moral of the story, I've never been late for a flight. <laughs> never missed a flight due to being late, okay? Um, but with that being said, like, I'm not the type of person... Let me know what type of person you are at the airport. I'm not someone who likes to be there, like, with two hours to spare. Obviously, I would rather have time to spare than be rushing. But I like to have, like... And, like, also this goes into knowing, like, what gate I'm at, how long, like, do I have to take a shuttle to the gate? Am I checking a bag? Like, all of these things um, that you have to take into consideration. But I like to have, like, a good 30 minutes to spare. Like, I basically just want to go through security, pee, fill up my water. 
and that's pretty much it. Like, I do not want to be loitering at the airport for mad long because that's annoying. But I don't want to be there, like, right in the nick of time. Like, that's stressful because you never know, like, like, traffic on the way to the airport, security lines, traffic at the airport. Like, you just never know. So, anyway, um, yeah, I've heard traveling has just been getting super bad recently. So, I'm a little worried. Hopefully, everything's fine. Knock on wood. It should be, but... Um, I think especially over this past weekend because of 4th of July and stuff, which makes sense. Holidays have always been crazy historically. But I've heard that TSA lines, or is it is it even called TSA internationally? But like security lines in, I've heard the Amsterdam airport have been like five hours long. Um, CDG in Paris, same thing. So if you have an experience with that, let me know. But... I definitely want to invest in pre-check or like global entry, which is basically like pre-check for international flights. Because, bitch, I do want to be like traveling, you know. If the world's going to end, I might as well have like one last, you know, chic time in France. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, so if you have any recent traveling tea... Let us know, but don't forget to wear your masks, y'all. Um, I don't know about y'all. I never stopped wearing my mask on like flights and stuff. And when I'm just doing errands in day to day, I always keep my mask on because like, I mean, COVID, but also just like, I don't want people to like talk to me. And I feel like wearing a mask is just a great way to like, not have people talk to you. Or like I posted on my story and a lot of people didn't get the reference. So <laughs> I don't know if y'all just haven't seen the meme, but like, there's like the white person smile and it's like if you're watching the video i'll do it but it's like when you're passing someone in the street and like white people like i do it all the time like it, it, it's like a fake smile like you just kind of like, like and like i mean there's different degrees but i would just like automatically do that so when i'm wearing a mask people can't see it or maybe they'll see my eyes kind of smile but it's like not the same. So we have some interesting topics to talk about today, so I'm so excited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me know, as always, um, your guys' thoughts on anything, but then also what else you want me to talk about or if you find an interesting TikTok or article or video that you want me to either react to or just share my thoughts on, feel free to send it to me. DMs are always open or you can comment below. So one of the main things I wanted to talk about is, I mean, I guess gentrification, gentrification, gentrification but just in general like i think especially with tiktok trends of like especially new york being very trendy and especially la i get a lot of tiktoks it'll always be like a tiktok of someone talking shit about LA. like i just moved to la and this is my thoughts but then like it's i get the tiktok of like the stitch like someone from here like saying why they're wrong um so a recent, 
annoying ass thing is like there's the whole la cool girl thing like this is where the la cool girl shops she goes to air one and then she goes to barry's boot camp and then she spends the day at this like i don't like whatever she wears her aloe little tank top and it's i'm like bro i just i don't fit in here <laughs> it's like you would think i do by how i look but like so the so that's like already just annoying <laughs> but then the recent thing has been like the and this was a few weeks ago but like the east la cool girl and by east la like they mean like silver lake so if you don't know if you've never been to la there's like a bunch of like neighborhoods so it's not like you know new york where yeah, there's, like, neighborhoods, but it's, like, a city, you know? Especially each borough is, like, you know, a city, like, an area. Like, L.A. is just a bunch of little places all sprawled out all over the place. You know, there is public transportation, but it's just not very normalized, and it's not the best. Like, you can... I think it's better than most people who don't know say. You can get a lot of places, but it's just not very well thought or planned out. There's this guy I follow on TikTok. I will try to remember to link his username down below. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think he's from Long Beach and he makes so many great informative videos about, you know, housing and housing laws and just like transportation planning. And it's just like, it's so insightful because it's, this is somewhere I live, but then also just at how, I don't know, the country is. So anyway, each neighborhood is just very different in vibes east la is not only the single largest chicano mexicano population in the country it's also the largest hispanic community in the u.s so that's the vibe of east la so on the other side of downtown la that's like where most of like shit is if someone thinks of la like hollywood beverly hills west hollywood koreatown mid-city echo park silver lake so silver lake is kind of like it's in between Hollywood and downtown. And it's just known for being very like hipster. Echo Park too, it's like, it's just very hipster, cute neighborhoods, but it's just very, these days like hipster, gentrified. You know, I, w I was getting my hair done over there and I walked, I was like, oh, let me like see if there's a coffee shop. Bro, every coffee, every single coffee shop over there like just filled with hipsters on their laptops. You know, it's like very that vibe. So these bitches are moving to LA and making like the, east la cool girl and they're like she drinks this kind of coffee and it's just they're talking about bitches who live in silver lake which is like the gentrified hipster area so it's been like low-key funny to see all the people actually from east la like stitch that video and they're like bitch we <laughs> like this one girl was like eating talkies like outside of a like the liquor store like you know because that's like actual east la so, I mean, this has been a problem for so long, you know, just people, especially white people and just more upper middle class people moving to an area and raising all the prices of housing and kicking the locals out, like locals that have been there for generations. I also looked it up and San Francisco, Oakland is like one of the worst places or like has the highest rate I guess, of gentrification. So y'all know me, I looked up some articles. This is from thoughtco.com. They describe it as gentrification is the process. And I'm sure a lot of you already know this. Like I already knew this, but it's just kind of interesting to review. And like, especially just seeing all these like 
examples or even like micro examples like on platforms like tiktok where it's just like you know something will become a trend like oh the, the la cool girl the east la cool girl and it's like so much of this has such a deeper meaning or almost like societal historical context you know so they say gentrification is the process of more affluent people and businesses moving into historically less affluent neighborhoods while some urban planning professionals say the effects of gentrification are purely beneficial others argue that it often results in harmful social consequences such as racial displacement and loss of cultural diversity demographics have shown that young wealthy childless people are increasingly drawn to gentrifying inner-city neighborhoods. In search of more leisure time, young affluent workers are increasingly locating in central cities near their jobs. Since these are typically high-paying white-collar jobs, neighborhoods closer to the inner city attract affluent people looking for shorter commutes and lower home prices found in aging neighborhoods. Gentrification is driven by a shift in cultural attitudes and preferences, the growing demand for central city housing is partially the result of a rise in anti-suburban attitudes. So I think something that's interesting to note is people wanting to be closer to their jobs and kind of the anti-suburban movement, I guess we'll say. I don't know if it's really a movement, but I do know that a lot of people just feel fed up by the suburbs and car culture, not being able to walk anywhere and just you know, low-key the lack of community that I feel like a lot of American neighborhoods have, like suburbs and just like newer developments. My For You page is just like so fucked. <laughs> I see just like the, like how much it will range. I see so many memes, especially recently about like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like this would be one of the things, like suburbs and just like anti-suburb thing or anti-car culture. So it does make sense why a lot of people, you know, are drawn to big cities, especially, you know, somewhere like New York, which has public transportation. You can walk places, things are open. And that's not to say that that's like, I don't know, the perfect example. Like obviously there's food deserts, but so many places here are just built for cars and not for people and that's also why i really like that guy's tiktok account because he will show examples of like streets that are made for people and how the scale is smaller and it, that you feel comfortable walking on it versus like you know box stores here and how you know you have to drive to the strip mall or drive like these streets are huge they're made for cars and they're like uncomfortable to walk on like i know you guys have seen the memes the tiktoks of like when it's just when you're on vacation but you're from new york and it's like oh it's a 20 minute walk but then you end up like on the side of the highway you know so i think if more neighborhoods if more cities were built for people with people in mind walking in mind you know resources like food schools within walking distance or public transportation distance i think just a lot more people would be like content with that or like if you could walk to work take public transport to work that was like comfortable and safe and of course you know affordable housing so while that's not an excuse for gentrification i'm not trying to make it sound like an excuse it is kind of just an interesting way to look at it and again like looking at the bigger the big like picture and the underlying issues and even if it's not directly harmful to you know communities that already live there that are from there it can at the very least just be annoying and frustrated like i remember 
seeing people on Twitter a few years ago talk about how, I forget which train it was in New York, but like one of the trains going from Manhattan to Brooklyn and how, you know, oh, they have been taking this train for years and it's just always been like whatever, but now it's like packed all the time with all like the hipsters that now live in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg, whatever, and it's just like making it a lot more inconvenient for everyone else that's already lived there for years and years or that grew up there, their families there, whatever. I just remember going to, you know, certain cities and just so many cities, I feel like, especially in European countries, like I remember in Paris really feeling this and in New York, I felt this, especially coming from LA, but especially like in Europe, most all the cities I've been to there, the streets are designed for people, you know? shops and things are like made for people made for you to walk into them rather than drive up to them and park and then go in so like american you know to have these big i don't want to say department stores but like just huge like box stores like target walmart and then a huge parking lots and everyone's driving their individual cars and you have to drive like 20 minutes to freaking get anywhere one of the things i did actually learned from that kind of TikTok. I didn't know I'd be referencing him so much, y'all. Um, one of the things I did learn from him is that skyscrapers and, you know, buildings, basically multi multi-family homes, so like apartment buildings, especially skyscrapers though, and he specifically was talking about downtown LA, one of the best ways to, I don't know if he said combat, gentrification but basically you know those are the places where people that move to here from somewhere else are going to live because they can afford it and it's usually you know in a in a nice area or like an area where they'd want to be you know for work or whatever um, and then it keeps them out of driving into neighborhoods with communities that already exist or lower income areas like oh well we'll just buy this house in this lower income area and fix it up. And then therefore like all these places around start, you know, being fixed up. And then it's suddenly a brand new neighborhood and the prices are just the same as the, you know, nicer neighborhood or the, the historically nicer neighborhood. And not that that is like the solution to gentrification, but I guess, cause you still have to exist in a community and stuff, but it's better than like going and buying a home in an area in a community that already exists. Gentrification is a problem that can only be manifested where vast wealth inequality already exists. Perhaps it hits home so harshly because it forces us, forces all of us to look at our country's legacy of economic and racial injustice square in the face, in our own neighborhoods right outside our front doors. And I found this paragraph to be just like really hit because I feel like LA, especially downtown LA, but really all throughout LA, it's just so obvious the the unequal distribution of wealth you know because you have people like think of you know when you think of la hollywood you know you think beverly hills you think of people driving nice cars you think of people in mansions you think of keeping up with the kardashians real housewives of beverly hills you know just all of this like glamour and like oh my god like palm trees and wow like the water and like oh my god um but the amount of homeless people here, bro, the streets are like just so shit. There's trash everywhere. It smells like pee everywhere. And I just always remember like one of the first times my family came to visit me after I moved here, just how shocked they were at just how trash 
the city is and like not trash and vibes like i don't say that to like disrespect you know if you grew up here but just like in terms of the government you know taking care of the streets and just it's just so crazy you know in a city with so much money like how poorly maintained so many public spaces are and just how many unhoused people there are and it's just really ridiculous that's a problem throughout the whole u.s but I feel like here is one of the main places where it's just so in your face. You really can't walk any more than a couple blocks without seeing, you know, an encampment somewhere or someone sleeping on the street. It's just really gross and sad because it just shows where the values are in this society. And it just really represents, you know, this inaccurate mindset of like, well, if you worked harder, you would, you know, that wouldn't happen to you. If you worked harder, you'd be one of the people driving around in a Rolls Royce in Beverly Hills, but no, you didn't work hard enough. When you know there's lack of public support, there's no affordable housing, there's no mental health care, really. It's like so inaccessible to so many people and people are just like left on the street. Like, sorry, also pack up your shit and move right now or we're gonna destroy all your things, you know? It's just like, it's horrible. So when they say, you know, it's in your own neighborhood right outside your front door. For some of us, it literally is right outside our front door. Like dead ass. Like I could probably look out the window right now and just like see some, see something. So I don't know if y'all are sick of me reading this article, but I just want to say one last thing. In times of robust economic growth and in places of rapid change, it can be easy to forget the struggle that comes from economic desolation. Growth seems so fast, so unpredictable that we resist its externalities. We might even start to idealize times past, desolate neighborhoods that don't bear the burden of rising house costs, or the racial segregation of the 50s and 60s. We might think segregation was real, but at least there wasn't gentrification. We start to fear growth itself, rather than pinpointing the real evil. Inequitable distribution of the fruits of growth. Even well-paid workers spend over half their salaries on rent, and does not guarantee or even actively promote access to necessities like healthcare or quality education. So happy 4th of July! <laughs> so all of this can make us feel a lot of different things, from anger to hopelessness to more anger. And I saw this post, I, I laugh because it's true, okay? You know, just blind, seething rage. You know, my rights are taken away. Um, there's a housing crisis. Um, oh, yeah. we Good news, guys. We may be getting a new stimulus in California. $300. To help fight inflation. How was I going to help any family? Okay. Anyway. I found this post from Love Robin Clark on IG, one of my favorite accounts to follow for quotes about you know setting boundaries or posts about setting boundaries and going against the good girl i was gonna say technique the good girl you know role that so many of us are socialized to play so she made this post that says the benefits of feeling angry and i felt that this was very relevant because of you know roe v wade being overturned the fourth of july <laughs> Just the overall state of this country. So let's just go over it. So being angry connects you to your real feelings, needs, and authentic inner experience. Also, I just want to say, this goes out to the girlies, okay? Because I forget where I read this, but it was something like, 
anger is the only emotion really you know besides like oh i'm happy the only real emotion that men or should we say negative emotion that men are allowed to express you know men are often shamed into not expressing their true feelings especially when it comes to sadness or anything that could make them be perceived as weak or you know anything out of the traditional you know masculine you know idea what it means to be a man you know you know this first one connects you to your real feelings needs and authentic inner experience i think a lot of women often mask we mask our anger as sadness because that's a little more soft and feminine and like oh i'm just like an emotional little girl it's like almost safer to be sad or to like cry instead of being angry not for everyone obviously especially you're someone who has a tendency to play the good girl like oh i i don't want to make anyone uncomfortable i don't want to make anyone mad anger can be perceived as very unpleasant especially from a woman and especially from women of color you know there's just a lot of stereotypes there and just especially when it comes to like being angry at men or being treated mistreated in a relationship by a man or whatever it's like oh well you're just bitter you're just like this you know there's just a lot of there can be a lot of risk to expressing anger as a woman whereas if we are able to recognize anger in us or really any emotion we just have to remember and this goes out to the guys out there too emotions are just information about how your true inner being inner self body is reacting to something you know and i feel like a lot of us often do feel shame around a lot of the emotions that we may feel in our day-to-day like for example say your friend gets a really cool new job opportunity or gets into you know, a great relationship, like they're dating a guy and it's going great, and you don't have that, you may experience jealousy. Even if you don't consider yourself to be a jealous person, you know, even if you know, consciously you're like, I support my friend, I'm happy for my friend, you could still experience jealousy. And I think part of healing and you know, being in tune with ourselves is allowing ourselves to acknowledge and truly feel everything that comes up you know because if we just push things away like oh i don't want to feel jealous that's going to just make me seem like bitter i i don't resent my friend you know i'm not jealous of my friend i need to be happy for my friend or like you know if someone does something to you to make you angry it's like instead of gaslighting yourself like well it's not really that big of a deal it could be worse or like oh i'm overreacting like no like if you're angry own that shit because like this post says it really can connect you to your inner needs like if you start to feel like mm, it's like do i need to set a boundary do i need to do something differently do i need to remove myself from the situation do i need to stick up for a need or for myself period um and the more in tune you are with yourself the more healthily you can navigate any kind of situation because you know yourself and you know what you need speaking up for your needs first of all just knowing your needs is such a huge step that I feel like so many people just and myself included like for the longest time and it can still be really hard for me to do this even though it's something that I now am aware of um it's just such a huge step that so many people miss I think you know it's always like oh communicate but it's like (laughs) how about even a step before before we're communicating our need how about like just finding out what our need is. So that's why it's so important to be in tune with our bodies because our body will tell us something before our mind does, you know? Like, have you ever, like someone says something shitty to you, like a friend says some kind of backhanded compliment or something and you kind of feel like, uh, like maybe 
in your chest or in your stomach or something or like you kind of feel tense but you don't really get like pissed until later when you're thinking about it like I feel like the goal is to sync up your brain and your mind so that your brain and your mind your body and your mind (laughs) so that when you feel that like you're like oh I know that's how I feel when I'm angry if I'm feeling angry right now why do I feel angry like do I need to set a boundary do I need to say something speak up like whatever do I need to communicate a need as a need not being met so I'm feeling resentful or I'm feeling like angry about it the second thing is being angry feeling angry can cut through good girl defenses like fawning idealization and being nice and it helps you to be in reality about what's happening I didn't really want to do that but I felt bad it's like often when we oh I just I didn't want to cancel the plan with this guy who was disgusting because I would feel bad it's like why are you being nice to them when they're not being nice to you you know and again like you may your brain may be thinking like well I just want to be nice but your body like you may feel that like resentment or anger or just like feeling that this isn't right like I really don't want to be doing this but oh but I want to be nice so like catching your mind up to your body is like so key um gives you the energy and motivation you need to stand up for yourself and take action period I think we all know when we're angry you know we could like punch a car (laughs) we could throw a car with our bare hands um makes you feel resilient from different ways people try to silence you and makes you feel alive, supportive, and like you've got your back. That's like one of the hugest things, you know, building self, in building self-trust is when you do have a feeling like, I'm going to say act on it, but not in the sense of like doing things impulsively or like, oh, I'm like, you know, like I'm mad. So I punched them. Like, no, <laughs> that's not what that means. But it's like, if I'm feeling resentment towards someone or just like, someone keeps doing something that really is bothering me, but I'm not saying anything about it. Like having anger and just recognizing, oh, I'm feeling like not listened to, or I'm feeling like walked all over or whatever, like, and I'm feeling angry because of that. Then we can have the energy and like, just, you know, have the awareness that that's what's happening. That's what's going on with us. And then we can explain it. And I, I mean, this is related. I saw the best (laughs) quote the other day, y'all. It was like, you don't need to look, you know, a lot of, I guess, being scared to set boundaries with people in your life, with friends or in dating or with family members, even whatever is like, you're looking for the perfect relationship, like the perfect friendship, the perfect partner, the perfect group of people. And while I do think, you know, some people are can be better for you than others, obvi, and there's just like better friends out there than others. You're gonna mesh well with other people, some people more than others. There, at the end of the day, everyone's human. So instead of just cutting people off at their first mistake, you know, and thinking, like maybe you think like, oh, well, I'm doing the right thing because they, you know, were pissing me off and so I cut them off. Like that's self-love. It's like, Instead of, you know, living in fear, hoping that someone's going to be perfect, you know, it's up to you to have the tools, knowledge, and skills to do things like initiate hard conversations, to set boundaries. And setting boundaries with friends is probably the hardest thing because this is someone you will, you want in your life. So it feels so hard to like have that potential risk of like, oh, if I say this, it's going to make them mad. It's going to upset them. They're going to not think of me as a good friend. But it's like, A true friend 
setting boundaries is important in friendships because a true friend is going to understand and it's going to make your relationship stronger. Whereas if you present a very reasonable boundary or concern to a, a friend and they blow you off, you know, they belittle you, they say, oh, well, it's no big deal. Or like, oh, well, like say you're being peer pressured to drink and you don't want to. And you're like, oh, you're making me uncomfortable. I don't know. Like, I don't know why you just don't want to drink with us <laughs> or whatever. Like, I don't know. Um, so it can tell you a lot from situations and it just therefore makes relationships a lot less scary because you don't have to go around hoping everything's going to be perfect or like, oh my God, if this person isn't perfect, well, fuck, they're not for me. It's like, I know I trust in myself to stand up for myself and I trust that I am able to set boundaries, speak up when I'm uncomfortable and, you know, live my life for me and not to please others. Therefore, you know, bitch, you can take the risk, hang out with this person or do that, do this. And like, you just have that inner trust. Like I've got my back. If something feels off, I'm going to leave. I'm going to speak out. I'm going to say something. I'm not going to allow myself to be disrespected because you can't control other people. You know, you don't, you don't know what someone else is going to do. <laughs> why, why did that sound like so threatening? Um, but you can trust yourself to have your back. You don't, there's always going to be unpleasant people in this world, you know? So it's not about just avoiding anything unpleasant. Like, oh, well, and that kind of goes into the um, toxic positivity thing, you know? Like, bro, everyone's human. People are going to fuck up. Your friends are going to fuck up. People in your life are going to fuck up. And I mean, obviously there's certain things. It's like, don't forgive someone over that. Like, no. But when you're able to communicate, when you're able to speak up for yourself and you're not like, oh, avoiding conflict, avoiding a scary conversation, it's like such a relief. And it's like, bro, if you don't like respect the fact that I am trying to be mature and coming to you as coming to you as a woman, coming to you as a friend and sharing like something vulnerable, it's like, I don't want you in my life, period. So that's my little speech about that. But <laughs> um, yeah, so let me know your experience with any of that. Um, but yeah, it's healthy to feel anger. And that's also why it's important to like journal about your feelings while you're feeling them because they can just be good information for later on. But yeah, like syncing up your body with your mind is like so key. And just for a lot of us, again, especially, I mean, I know there's some of y'all out there who maybe are a little more impulsive and need to learn how to like think before you speak or whatever. But I know there's a lot of you out there, probably especially if you listen to this podcast who, you know, we do fall into the good girl role. Oh, I just want to like be nice. I just want to be pleasant. Let's just get through this. Like, even if you're not consciously doing it, you know, that's just kind of like your automatic thing, especially if shit's uncomfortable or you've got your feelings hurt or you feel disrespected. Like, that's not an ideal situation for you to really just sit back and think like, well, what is the next reasonable step? You know, you're just going to like automatically go into like what you know, like your survival tactic, whether it's fawning or just you know yeah, everything's fine <laughs> so anyway i would love to hear your thoughts about that but i will link her instagram account down below because it's super helpful and i just love seeing her posts in my feed because they're just good reminders okay y'all i did have a last topic but i honestly need to get this show on the road the last topic was well we'll just get into it next week it'll be a good topic for next week because i want to fully get into it you know um so let me know what your thoughts on anything we discussed today but yeah, y'all, I'm also super excited for next week's episode because I'm going on my trip this week and this weekend. 
So I'm so excited to just see like how my perspective changes like of LA, of where I'm going, etc. So check out the vlogs, check out my IG stories because I'm going to be posting a lot and I'm just so excited. So wish me luck. Love y'all so much. Let me know what you want me to talk about next week and I will see y'all then. Bye everyone.